0: Dear friends, welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. I'm so thankful that you joined us today because today's message is especially practical and useful to those who wish to have medical and religious freedom, but cannot. I hope you will gain much from today's message. We are living in a time unprecedented in world history. There have been pandemics before, but not like this one, where governments around the world have shut down economies and societies and taken away the many freedoms from the people on the scale that this one is. At the same time, we are at the very end of time, and things are Only going to get crazier, and the rights and freedoms to move about and carry on as you were before the pandemic began will be restricted more and more. This is a dry run for the Sunday law, which will be handled in similar ways. But before we begin, I want to say no one would ever have thought that we would be struggling with the pandemic at the end of 2021. We at Keep the Faith Ministry, though, are continuing to send truth-filled sermons to our listeners all over the world. We greatly appreciate those who are supporting us on a regular basis. We also appreciate those who send an annual gift. This has sustained us, and we thank you for them from the bottom of our hearts. Recently, our production company has increased our costs dramatically to produce and send the CDs. The postage costs have gone up dramatically as well. Also, there are some other internal costs that have increased, and our income has not kept pace with the increased costs. So, we appeal to you. If you have been blessed and inspired by the messages we send, consider making a regular gift if you aren't already. Alternatively, send an annual gift to cover it. We make one appeal a year, and this year-end, things are uncertain for 2022, so we have to work quickly. We are praying that the Lord will sustain us in the future as well as he has in the past, and we hope you value the messages and appreciate getting them each month. Many of you write to us and tell us how much you appreciate them. We really thank you for that. So, in these challenging times, please pray for us, and we thank you for your ongoing support. We will continue to support you with messages that reveal our closeness to the coming of Jesus. Don't forget to turn in your yellow card if you haven't already. Very soon we will update our mailing list with only those who have specifically requested to receive the ongoing CDs and for those that have made a gift in the last year as we assume they still want to receive them. As we begin, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to live at this time in earth's history. But Lord, we are not ready for the overwhelming surprise in the near future. We pray that you will help us and in your great mercy, be kind to us and help us to surrender all to you. Please Lord, help us to be overcomers, we need to have the victory over the enemy. Our lives need to reflect the lovely Jesus. Please give us your grace and your power. As we study today, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds that we may be able to discern what you wish to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter two nine says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. It is impossible to predict everything that will happen in detail at the end of time, but if we are paying attention, we can see pretty accurately from the events taking place around us how the final events will unfold. We receive warnings in other areas of what will happen and how the final events will be handled. We can also tell from Bible prophecy what will occur in generalities. But as we move on in time... We will see specifically how these things will play out, and we will have very little notice on some of them, and they will be surprising. But if we are intently watching, we will not be surprised, but we will be prepared if we have brought our lives into harmony with God and have followed His counsel in every area. The Bible is the basis of our prophetic understanding. World events are telling us the details of how the prophetic events recorded in Scripture will play out. The Bible is the only thing that can be relied on in these last days when truth is scarce. It is the one source of truth in a post-truth world. The Bible will give you a clear understanding of truth and the priorities that we need to have not the Internet, not History Channel, not the mainstream news. These things will only confuse and disorient us. But if you have the Bible prophecy as the basis of your faith and as the basis of your confidence and understanding of the future, you can see just how accurately prophecy is being fulfilled. You can then prioritize events and fit the important ones into the grand scheme of Bible prophecy. The closer we get to the end time, the more important the Bible will become to us. It is the bedrock of our faith. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke twenty-one, twenty-five, and 26. The words of Jesus are very relevant for our times and our circumstances. In fact, he spoke them to his disciples when they asked him a question about the end times. His words are about the time just before he would come again. And there shall be signs in the, in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, and men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming. Upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. People have been crazed by fear, but Jesus spoke words of comfort. Be not afraid, he often said, and fear not, he counseled us. Peace be unto you, he said to his disciples when they were fearful. We are to fear God, not man, or the elements, or anything else. Men and their great leader, the enemy of all mankind, want you to fear man. But Jesus speaks peace to your soul. Whatever troubles you, whatever afflicts you, you are to have your heart at peace, trusting in the goodness of, of God and his protection and love. Already the people are being trained to look for scapegoats among their neighbors and even their friends and families. The unvaccinated are being treated like scapegoats. They are being blamed for the continuation of the pandemic. And if you are afraid of vaccination or have convictions that prevent you from taking a vaccine jab, you will be gradually isolated and proscribed. At least that is the tra- trajectory of government and society at the moment it is a form of persecution they don't care whether you have full disclosure concerning the vaccine or whether you can make a fully informed decision anyone who is unvaccinated will feel pressure to comply with the vaccine mandates eventually anybody who is insecure in their convictions or not settled in them, will eventually take the jab. This is the same way the Sunday Law will be handled. If you are not settled in your conviction of the importance of the fourth commandment and the obedience you owe to God, you will comply with the Sunday Law. When your livelihood and lifestyle are threatened, when you are ostracized by your family and friends, when you can't go to the grocery store and purchase food, you will comply if you are not faithfully following Jesus the pattern. Jesus was non-compliant with society and its pressures to compromise, but he was gentle and kind to those who ran amuck of the political and social agenda of the day. Listen to this compelling statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, page 463. The work which the Church has failed to do in time of peace and prosperity she will have to do in a terrible crisis under most discouraging and forbidding circumstances. The warnings that worldly conformity has silenced or withheld must be given under the fiercest opposition from enemies of the faith. And at that time, the superficial conservative class, whose influence has steadily retarded the progress of the work, will renounce the faith and take their stand with its avowed enemies, toward whom their sympathies have long been tending. These apostates will then manifest the most bitter enmity, doing all in their power to oppress and malign their former brethren, and to excite indignation against them. Did you hear that? There will be a lot of people who will try to excite indignation against God's people. What is indignation? Well, that's anger, deep-seated anger coming from self-righteousness. It assumes one's own rightness and demonizes those who are non-compliant as evildoers. Let me read on. This day is just before us. The members of the church will individually be tested and proved. They will be placed in circumstances where they will be forced to bear witness for the truth. Many will be called to speak before councils in in courts of justice, perhaps separately and alone. The experience which would have helped them in this emergency they have neglected to obtain, and their souls are burdened with remorse for wasted opportunities and neglected privileges. Do you see what I mean about strange things happening? Yes, I'm talking about church members, including even leaders of conferences, unions, and divisions, and even many in the general conference. Your friends and even church entities that you have supported and given your loyalty will attempt to lead you to disobedience to God and bitterly oppose the faithful ones who stand firmly for the truth and for God's law and they will stir up your fellow members against you if you are faithful. The institutions that you love and have respected will turn on you. You cannot expect comfort or succor or defense from the most trusted human sources. You must start to think about this now, because when these things burst upon us as an overwhelming surprise, you have to be ready to stand on your own. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. The structure will continue to comply with the government as they always have done in the past, and they will stir up other members to be angry with you and turn on you. You can't expect them to support you. So what do you do when friends have forsaken you and have turned their backs on you, and they breathe out venom of spite against you? Even kindness and common courtesy will be scarce. This will be very hard for you if you are not used to standing on your own and being free. For the enemy wants to take away freedom from everybody, especially from God's people. After all, he hates God's people. It will be extremely difficult for those who are prone to being with their groupie friends and need their companionship to feel secure. Maybe this pandemic has been training for the future. The isolation and social distancing has been a very good education for some. If you have a strong relationship to God, you can survive it with his help. But if you don't, you will be very insecure and be tempted very powerfully to comply with the Sunday law. Think about it. What will it be like to be stripped of everything that you knew and depended on in the past? Everything will be ripped out from underneath you. Yes, God can train you in a very short time if you are following His will in your life. But if you disobeyed Him and haven't followed the Lord in every area, even though you knew what what His will, will was, how can you expect the Lord to sustain you through the time of trouble? Second Peter one ten says, We are to make our calling and election sure. That can only be done through the trial and test after trial and test. We will add virtue after virtue. Wherefore the rather, brethren... Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. I have recently been asking the Lord to give me patience in my soul when I get behind a slow vehicle. I used to complain even out loud. My wife knows. But when I started to pray that specific prayer, You wouldn't believe how many slowpokes got in front of me. It seemed like every trip another slow vehicle managed to get in front of me. I was surprised that the Lord worked so quickly and so often to answer my prayer. It gave me lots of practice. I bet those other drivers had no idea that they were cooperating with God for my salvation. Well, what about the vaccine mandates that are in your face? Now, I'm not saying the vaccine mandate is the mark of the beast or that the people who have received the vaccine are going to ultimately turn against God and his truth. But I see in this vaccine the training wheels for the big crisis at the end of time. It's a form of preparation. It's Only a small test, really, but it is the test of the fortitude of your convictions, if you have them. Or at least you can see what the time of trouble will entail. Your convictions of the truth will be tested to the max against your lifestyle and your livelihood. To survive in the way that you have in the past will be impossible. You won't know what to do. You will be largely in uncharted waters, unfamiliar territory, lost in a sea of confusion and uncertainty, unless you have learned the lessons of this pandemic and other major events in recent history. And you have to think about that ahead of time. You can't just go on blindly from day to day, thinking that things will go on as they always have before, or that they will get back to normal. It won't happen. God works in the shadows. He is working for your salvation, and even the things that happen in the world that are not very pleasant, He is preparing for a more more difficult time, a more significant event. The unvaccinated will be unable to shop in some grocery stores, which until now were considered to be essential, and that people should not be restricted from them just because they are unvaccinated. But now things are changing. The noose is tightening on those who have refused the jab. Listen to this. The German newspaper Bild reports that the state of Hesse has passed a motion that will allow food stores to decide whether they want to ban unvaccinated people from entering. The pressure on the unvaccinated grows and grows. In Hess, all retailers, including the supermarket, can now decide for themselves whether they want to implement the 3G rule, vaccinated, tested, or recovered, or the 2G rule, just vaccinated or recovered, without the testing option. So far, there have been no access restrictions in supermarkets to give everyone the option of basic services. The so-called 3G rules still require anyone one to enter a building to prove that they have tested negative, but the 2G rule removes that option altogether. The German government had excluded supermarkets and stores selling essential items from most restrictions, but Hesse's government now has put this decision into the hands of the stores. The federal state is home to more than 6 million people and includes the major city of Frankfurt. The move means that a total of eight federal states in Germany now allow businesses and events organizers to institute the so-called 2G option. There will certainly be other places outside of Europe that will do this too. A digital environment provides a very easy way to check, verify, and track people who have had the jab. Vaccine passports are starting to be used in many places to get on public transportation, enter buildings, and now shopping. Friends, this is obvious. Once digital passports are in place and the people are used to them, it will be easy to cut off those who do not comply with the decree when the Sunday law is enacted and they can track you and your friends with whom you associate just through your smartphone. I tell you, the mechanisms are being put in place one by one. The first time I saw this in action was right after 9-11, when the United States, under the emergency proclamation of President Bush, and later the Patriot Act, began using the methods of Roman Catholic Inquisition, even though they were rather dubious and ineffective. Torture in secret prisons, indefinite detention, trial by tribunal instead of a jury of peers, and other methods were used to try and ferret out the terrorists. They first said these methods were just for foreign fighters but then they expanded it to every and any American citizen who was involved as well. They were called illegal or enemy combatants. This abridged the rights guaranteed to American citizens in the Constitution of the United States. I saw this as ominous, too, since we were told in great controversy page 591, that the methods of the Inquisition will be resurrected at the end of time. Listen. Rome is silently growing into power. Her doctrines are exerting their influence in legislative halls, in the churches, and in the hearts of men. She is piling up her lofty and massive structures in the secret recesses of which her former persecutions will be repeated. Then, in the same great controversy, page 608, it reads, As the defenders of truth refuse to honor the Sunday Sabbath, some of them will be thrust into prison, some will be exiled, and some will be treated as slaves. To human wisdom, all this now seems impossible. But as the restraining spirit of God shall be withdrawn from men, they shall be under the control of Satan, who hates the divine precepts. There will be strange developments. The heart can be very cruel when God's fear and love are removed. I saw that the restraining spirit of God was being withdrawn from men back in 2001 after nine eleven. And it still is going on today. But the spirit has been withdrawing even more as men reject God. Men are treating those with convictions of truth and with the same spirit that has driven persecution in the past. This does not go unnoticed in heaven. God is testing man to see what kind of metal they are made of. His spirit of restraint is gradually being taken away from the earth and from human minds. Men are becoming monsters. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, page 16, says... It is impossible to give any idea of the experience of the people of God who shall be alive upon the earth when celestial glory and a repetition of the persecutions of the past are blended. Well, did you hear that? Celestial glory and a repetition of the persecutions of the past will be blended. What does that mean? Under the final events of Earth's history, the latter rain will be poured out on God's faithful people. At the same time, the anger against them will be increased by governments and society to a fevered pitch as they go against oppressive laws and new social norms. These two things will be happening at the same time. Think about it. Isn't that amazing? I have thought about this before, but now we are in a circumstance where we can actually see that the Holy Spirit is being withdrawn from the world. But where is the Holy Spirit going? The answer is, he will be poured out on faithful souls everywhere in the latter rain. Since 9-11, it has been a long gradual march to where we are now. But the march has wound its way from enhanced interrogation methods to surveillance to censorship and now the removal of freedoms for a few maligned individuals. The unvaccinated are being separated from the vaccinated and treated quite differently. The ultimate target is your religious freedoms, and government leaders are determined to take them away eventually. They are already doing this gradually in some areas. I have been watching all this for twenty years and I see that the handwriting is on the wall. We are almost there. And never before have we been so close to the end of time. Never has there been such an intense war on national sovereignty with the pathetic and meagre efforts along America's southern border. And never has there been such a war on personal sovereignty as with the COVID restrictions. Government leaders want you to know that you are under their control. The enemy of all good hates personal sovereignty, and he has been at war with it for longer than 9-11. He has been much more subtle in the past than he is now. It's as if the gloves have come off in the all-out assault on your personal liberty. It is out in the open now. It is no longer subtle. And in case you're wondering, he will succeed. How do I know? Listen to this from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, page 451. Our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as a Protestant and Republican government, and this will happen all over the world to the extent that each government allows constitutional freedoms. Listen to this from Holy Scripture. Revelation 13 verse 7 says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them, and Power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. The enemy will gain the ascendancy for the very last great struggle for the control of the human mind. He will be allowed to create a lot of pressure for them to submit to his will, especially upon God's people. Eventually, he can never force you to sin. He can try to coerce you, he can try to pressure you through fear, he can get the whole world to oppose you, but he cannot force you to sin. Every angel in heaven will come to your aid so that you don't have to sin. You may end up in prison. You may end up a martyr for God's cause. You may have all kinds of inconveniences, but those are the means by which you will strengthen your backbone. I recommend that you lower your expectations for the future. In fact, make them very low. Revelation 13 verse 8 goes on to say that all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The enemy's goal is simple. He wants to have the worship that is due to God alone. Isaiah 14, verse 12 and 13 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. To be like the Most High means that you are worshipped and obeyed. Satan wants the worship and obedience of all human beings, and he is bending every effort to make it so. Friends, what should you do? Do you go along with him, or are you going to stand independent and sovereign? Friends, you can't go along with him, even in a little way, if you are going to be saved. But the only way to remain free in spirit and in obedience to God will be to disobey the laws that Satan imposes on the human race that conflict with the Bible and conscience. I can't say whether it is wrong for you to get the vaccine, for instance. We don't have that kind of inspired guidance. Each person has to be convinced in his own mind, and the Holy Spirit has to do the convincing. I can only teach you the principles and tell you the parallels that I see, but I don't think it is my job to convict you one way or the other. That's the Holy Spirit's job but you should pray and study your Bible, especially Bible prophecy, and seek the Lord to know what you should do. If you are a recent convert and you have a spouse that is not a believer and you are not free to do everything that you read in the Bible or the spirit of prophecy, pray and just take it one day at a time. Let the Holy Spirit do the convincing. You may be surprised. I know someone who had an unbelieving spouse. They were convicted to leave the city and move to the country, and her spouse was not. She prayed earnestly for some time, and after a while, amazingly, the spouse eventually wanted to leave the city, just as the person had been praying. The Holy Spirit can do anything for the believer who is willing to do anything that the Lord requires. How should faithful people think and plan for the future? How should they adapt to changes in their freedoms and abilities to navigate a new society? How should they think about staying free? I hope that the following counsel will be a great help to you. First of all, be adaptable. That means being flexible. Be willing to work with people that you don't think you get along with very well. I don't think petitions, lawsuits, protests, and these types of things will help much. So don't put your efforts in them. Stay aloof from political reforms. Governments will just become more abusive and inflexible. Put your efforts into the three angels' messages. Hand out truth-filled literature, like the Last Generation magazine. In Jesus' day, the Roman government was dictatorial, tyrannical, and abusive. Listen to this from Desire of Ages, page 509. The government under which Jesus lived was corrupt and oppressive. On every hand there were crying abuses, extortion, intolerance, and grinding cruelty. Yet the Savior attempted no civil reforms. He attacked no national abuses, nor condemned the national enemies. He did not interfere with the authority or administration of those in power. He who was our example kept aloof from earthly governments." not because he was indifferent to the woes of men, but because the remedy did not lie in merely human and external measures. To be efficient, the cure must reach men individually and must regenerate the heart. Jesus is our example. Governments today are much the same as governments back then and are becoming more so by the day. They can be just as abusive and oppressive now and will become much worse as time goes on. There are forces among government leaders that are hidden to the public. These forces want to take away your freedom and are following their general, Satan. The emphasis of your life needs to be on winning souls. Do you remember the statement from Education, page 228, about France? Let me read it to you again. At the same time, anarchy is seeking to sweep away all law, not only divine, but human. The centralizing of wealth and power, the vast combinations for the enriching of the few at the expense of the many, the combinations of the poorer classes for the defense of their interests and claims, the spirit of unrest, of riot, and bloodshed, the worldwide dissemination of the same teachings that led to the French Revolution, all are tending to involve the whole world in a struggle similar to that which convulsed France. Godlessness and atheism are Taking the word by storm these days, there is a famine in the land. Listen to Amos 8, verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There is a determined resistance to anything that is Christian especially in the cities, are these sentiments developed. This is also developed in the universities and educational and scientific institutions of the world. And when atheism or secularism takes over the control of governments, very bad things happen. And you can know what is going to happen when men throw off the restraints placed upon them by God's law, a very wicked and abusive society evolves, followed by anarchy. We have an example before us in history. Here is a statement from the book Greek Controversy, page 584. Terrible were the scenes enacted in France when atheism became the controlling power. It was then demonstrated to the world that to throw off the restraints which God has imposed is to accept the rule of the cruelest of tyrants. When the standard of righteousness is set aside, the way is open for the prince of evil to establish his power in the earth. So the future for God's people is rather difficult. Ultimately, there will be victory and eternal life for them. But between now and then, there are some things that are going to happen to them that are really bad, or that seem really bad. It is not God's plan that His people fight for their rights. We are to follow His example and work for souls, not for government reform. Christ was oppressed. And he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. That's Isaiah 53, 7. That's the way governments tend to be, and they stir up their citizens to be angry at the wrong people. And people want a scapegoat so they can pass the blame on someone else. And it will get worse, as God's people are seen to be the enemy and are demonized as villains. Already, they are painting people who are unvaccinated as the cause of the continuation of the coronavirus crisis. The unvaxxed are being blamed for the rise of variants and mutations. Of course, they are not, but... People think that way because the government and the media propaganda. They are trying to pressure everyone to get the vaccine. That's why they are talking that way. This is the way it will be handled when the Sunday Law crisis comes. God's people will be first isolated, then demonized, then persecuted. That is the enemy's mode of operation. But why is the government and the media trying to paint people that way? It is because they want to justify using these measures and to have dictatorial control over the people. I think there will come a time, maybe it's already here, that you have to push past your discomfort and fears and doubts to survive. But in order to keep your mental health and to be sympathetic and empathetic toward others, you will have to have total dependence on Christ and confidence in Him. That's the only way. You have to have an abiding, secure, and invincible hold on truth, which is Christ. Your fears may seem overwhelming, but Jesus stands by your side. Here is a statement from Letters and Manuscripts, Volume 7, Letter 15. There is no bondage in perfect love. It casts out all fear of what this one will say or that one will say. It binds us up with Christ. Selfishness is expelled from the hearts of those who love God supremely and their neighbor as themselves. Be proactive, take the counsel of the Lord as it reads, and follow it, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. There have been quite a few times in history when the instructions of the Lord seemed unreasonable and didn't make sense, but it was dead accurate. Think of Noah and the prophecy that there was going to be a flood. That was the end of the world for them. Noah had lots of instructions to go with it. It didn't seem to make sense, but everyone who didn't believe Noah perished in the flood. Today we have counsel from the Lord to leave the cities for country homes in retired places. It doesn't make sense to some people, but it is about to become very evident that God's counsel is Very accurate. There are a number of systems that are designed or that will be used to control and oppress God's people. Some of them will also be used to strip them of their wealth, some of their livelihood, and some of their social comfort, but all of their freedom. For instance, if you have funds in the stock market or mutual funds or other investments, you should be making plans to get out. And while most people can't avoid the banking system completely without creating chaos in their lives, it would be wise to experiment with the barter system wherever possible. And I also recommend a cash backup system stashed away for about six months to survive. If things turn against you, at least in the immediate future. Also, in harmony with God's counsel, get free as much as possible from the food system. It is being taken over by the elites in great reset that is taking place around the world. That means to grow your own food and connect with other local farmers. Your diet may not be as broad as it is right now, when you can buy from the system that transports food for long distances, but it is a survival necessity to become independent of the food system. Of course, the time will eventually come when you will be like Elijah and have to live completely and solely upon the Lord for your daily bread and water. The energy system will not always be available to you due to blackouts and brownouts, that are certainly coming. They are already coming to places like China. Do what you can to at least have an alternative heating system if you live in a place that gets cold at certain times of the year, such as a wood-burning stove on which you can put a pot of beans or other things to slow cook. Prepare to lose your job if you are not self-employed or a government contract. It may not happen, but you should have some mechanism to earn money on your own and not dependent on a traditional job. We are seeing this happen with regard to the vaccine. In most places, you can choose to have the vaccine and keep your job or choose to stay unvaccinated and lose your job. If you choose the former, the principle remains. You are still dependent on that job to maintain your lifestyle and to survive. Think about everything you do. For instance, think about how you would get along if you lost your job through disobeying some mandate or law. What would you do? Most people have never thought about this until the pandemic. There have been programs run by the government to help people get through that pandemic. But what if you are barred from those government programs? You have to think about your survival. That's why it's important to leave the cities and have a home in the country where you can grow your own food. And you can't learn to grow your own food overnight. You have to work at it constantly for a period of years, actually. To become independent of the system is actually pretty hard, and it takes some intentional thinking and planning. This should be happening now in your life. Don't just keep going on expecting everything to fall in place when the time comes. Preparation for the time of trouble is a spiritual preparation. You have to develop the fortitude of mind, and your character has to be like steel to succeed. But it also has physical consequences that directly affect your life. Yes, God will look after those who didn't have the knowledge to prepare. Maybe they found salvation in the last moments of time, but those who had advanced warning cannot depend on that. They have to obey God and follow His counsel. There are other forms of dependency and control. Welfare checks, social security checks, and veterans' administration checks will all be cut off one day, and probably soon. If you live in the U.S., your 401k will likely be unavailable to you when you need it. So you better prepare for that too. If you live outside the U.S., similar welfare, military services, and retirement schemes will eventually be cut off. You don't want to get to that time unprepared. I'm not saying that you have to get off these things now but you should have a plan for when the time comes. Accept reality and work to get free of the system as much as possible and work towards getting out of the system completely, for this is where it is headed for God's people. This is not easy. That's why you have to be intentional. Think about it and plan for it. Stock some supplies of food and essentials. I hate to sound like a prepper, but you need to prepare for various crises ahead. The time of trouble is another matter. But before that time, there will be some very difficult times coming upon the world. Remember, men's hearts fail them for fear. It wouldn't hurt you to be prepared for three to six months. Now let me talk to you spiritually about all this. Maybe you're feeling afraid and vulnerable. I don't blame you. The scriptures provide comfort for God's people. Psalm 91 is a classic example. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wing shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A lot is going to happen, but you don't have to be afraid because God is with you. Be content with whatever situation arises. The greatest preparation for what is coming is preparation of the soul. Calmness of soul when you are threatened on every side is a Christ like virtue. Learn to experience peace, Bible peace, when all around you is chaos. And one more thing before I close. I want you to think, about how you are going to continue to be involved in a church community. When fellow church members have canceled you for your faithfulness for one reason or another, or the organization has moved against you or against your convictions in some impersonal way or by some policy, what then? You may have to become involved in an underground church. Underground churches are common in some places around the world where religious liberty doesn't exist. This is coming to America and other developed countries. I have been saying this for years, though I have not been using those words necessarily. The nucleus of underground churches already exists in developed countries, they are self-supporting churches and there is probably one somewhere around you i'm not saying that some of them don't have some problems but i'm saying that the nucleus of underground churches exists i believe that they will become more relevant as time goes on underground churches should not be hiring pastors organizing conferences, or having an official means of collecting tithe, performing marriages, or legally incorporating themselves. A legal corporation makes them visible to the government. Not only does that place them in the line of fire, but it targets their pastors and leaders. Give it much more thought in the future, how these churches will operate. Consider every aspect. But God's true people will have to meet in secret like in the past. They will have to make do without the structures that they are used to today. But my guess is that they will thrive very well as underground churches. The Huguenots did it in medieval France. The Waldensees did it in medieval Italy and they established underground churches throughout Europe. They could not depend on the established church or the organized church of their day, but it is time to think and plan for this existential crisis of the church. The scriptures say in Isaiah 26.20 to those who live at the end of time, Come, my people, Enter into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Friends, that time of trouble is coming very soon. Please, plead with God to make you ready, especially spiritually, for the times ahead. World leaders are planning for other pandemics, including variants of the current one, like the Delta version of the coronavirus. They are also planning for other emergencies, in crises like the electrical grid takedowns, climate change lockdowns, and other things that threaten our livelihood. But my guess is that we will be in a viral pandemic for a long time, if not forever. We will just have to get used to living with it, but it's just a sign that Jesus is coming soon. It's one of the most life-altering things that could have happened to the human race, and the elites of the world are using this pandemic to get more control, to make more poor people, and to bring the world back to the Middle Ages of the Roman Catholic domination. All in modern life. More bad news is coming, my friends. But it is also good news. Jesus, our Lord and Master, is returning soon. I want to be ready. Don't you? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we are sobered by the times in which we live. And it can be overwhelming at times. But we know that when we trust in you completely you will stand by our side without a doubt. So we pray that we can get used to trusting in you. Please stand by our side. Please help us plan for the future, and may we be faithful servants of the Most High. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Oh, Jesus, King of Kings. The temple has been yielded and purified of sin. Let thy Shekinah glory now shine forth from within. And all these. Silent, gentle servant Moved only as by Thee Its members every moment Held subject to Thy call, ready to have thee help them or not be used at all. Held without restless longing or strain or stress or fret or chafings at thy deep thoughts of vain regret But restful pause Live out thy life
0: We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. Don't forget to send in your yellow renewal card as soon as possible. The song you have just heard is called Live Out Thy Life Within Me, sung by Christian Berdahl. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Consecration. If you would like to have a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid to U.S. addresses to cover the cost, and we will send you one. Please mention the Consecration CD. Other international listeners should send $20 USD. The following is our prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in the light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis and the coming of the Lord. May the Lord find us faithful.
2: Our first item this month Magnitude 6.2 earthquake strikes off the coast of Hawaii. A magnitude 6.2 earthquake has reportedly struck just south of the Big Island of Hawaii at 2.48 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, according to the USGS. According to KTLA News, the quake struck at a depth of almost 22 miles and its epicenter 17.3 miles south southeast of Nalehu, Hawaii. Though the Big Island of Hawaii is the largest, a majority of the state's residents live on Oahu a couple of hundred miles from the epicenter. Quote, The time is at hand when there will be sorrow in the world that no human balm can heal. The Spirit of God is being withdrawn. Disasters by sea and by land follow one another in quick succession. How frequently we hear of earthquakes and tornadoes, of destruction by fire and flood, with great loss of life and property. Apparently these calamities are capricious outbreaks of disorganized, unregulated forces of nature, wholly beyond the control of man, but in them all God's purpose may be read. They are among the agencies by which he seeks to arouse men and women to a sense of their danger. Prophets and Kings, page 277. Next, magnitude 6.9 earthquake strikes off coast of Alaska. A magnitude 6.9 earthquake struck off the coast of Alaska early Monday in what the Alaska Earthquake Center called an aftershock of an 8.2 quake from late July. According to the Associated Press, Monday's earthquake was felt throughout the Alaska Peninsula and Kodiak Island, according to the Alaska Earthquake Center. It occurred about 70 miles, 115 kilometers east of Chiknik, a community of 90 people on the Alaska Peninsula. Chiknik is about 450 miles, 725 kilometers southwest of Anchorage and 260 miles, 420 kilometers southwest of Kodiak. The center had not received reports of significant damage, but also relies on self-reporting, said seismologist Natalia Ruppert. Jeremy Zydek, a spokesperson for Alaska's Emergency Management Office, said the office was contacting communities and had no reports of damage so far. The U.S. Geological Survey on Twitter had reported a preliminary magnitude of 6.5 that was later revised to 6.9, which ties another earthquake that hit Alaska in August. The two 6.9 quakes were the largest aftershocks tallied since the United States experienced its largest earthquake in the past half century, the magnitude 8.2 quake that struck south of the Alaska Peninsula on July 28th, It was widely felt but caused no major damage in the sparsely populated region closest to it. The earthquake center at the time said it was the biggest quake in the U.S. since a magnitude 8.7 earthquake in the Aleutians in 1965. Quote, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Matthew 24 7. Next, Pope in Slovakia. What a difference three days make. When the Pope arrived for this apostolic visit to Slovakia on Sunday, the banners to greet him read, quote, Viva Papa Francesco, or Long live. Pope Francis. As he departed on Wednesday, following the celebration of Holy Mass at the National Shrine at Sastin, the banners were replaced to read, quote, Thank you, Holy Father. This visit was a tapestry of many significant events. The celebration of the Byzantine Divine Liturgy and the Mass at Sastin demonstrated the Christian values that have been deeply rooted in society here down through the centuries and continue to be today. The visit also provided an occasion for Pope Francis to highlight the importance of unity and fraternity during an ecumenical meeting and an encounter with the Jewish community. Christianity in Action But perhaps the two events that captured the heart of Christianity and the spirit of charity in action were the visits to the Bethlehem Center in Perzalka and to the Roma community at Lunach 9. Most of the people who were at Lunach 9 on Tuesday witnessed a community that gave their all to welcome the Pope in a joyous atmosphere, guided in prayer by the Celsians of Don Bosco. As Pope Francis departed from this district of Coses, people were already expressing the hope that this visit would bear real fruit for the community here. Persevering in the Faith Slovakia is a country still imbued by the faith, but like any plant, if it is not nurtured, it dies. The church in this country is well aware that the secularism that has arrived at the doorstep of many European countries is also knocking here. Therefore, for the bishop of Slovakia, taking one's eye off the ball is not an option. By coming to Slovakia, the Pope has given a jolt of energy to the faithful. Nowhere was that seen more than at the meeting with young people at Locomotiva Stadium in Cosses where Pope Francis told them, quote, For love to be fruitful, don't forget your roots. Those roots, he said, are to be found in the love and heroism of the Lord Jesus. Before the Pope departed en route to Rome on Wednesday, he left the country with a message. He told them that faith is a journey, quote, inspired by a simple and sincere devotion, and called on them to persevere in it with compassion and gratitude. Quote, All the world wondered after the beast. Revelation thirteen four. Next, proposed bill would require COVID vaccine, negative tests for domestic air travel ahead of holidays. Travelers could be looking at new COVID restrictions as we embark on the holiday season. It's one of several COVID related updates for the airline industry. With the Thanksgiving holiday just around the corner and one of the busiest times to fly, California Senator Dianne Feinstein tweeted, quote, We can't allow upcoming holiday air travel to contribute to another surge in COVID cases. Today, I introduce legislation requiring passengers on domestic flights to be vaccinated test negative, or be fully recovered from a previous COVID illness. Willis Orlando is a flight expert at Scott's Cheap Flights. Quote, If it were to become law, it really would just be kind of adding restrictions in the U.S. that already exist elsewhere in the world and that have been working pretty well to contain COVID, said Orlando. I really don't see any way where it would be a big problem. Although passengers may be a little bit upset based on what we've seen in the past in the U.S., he continued. It's not just travelers who are impacted. United Airlines announced it is letting go close to 600 employees who chose not to comply with the company's vaccine requirement. The airline says it represents less than 1% of their U.S.-based employees. It referred to the decision as incredibly difficult but necessary for safety. Quote, airlines are doing not only what they can to protect themselves and their passengers, but also their reputation too, said Orlando. Albert Shay is the founder and CEO of Foxtrot Dash, a travel company that encourages smart point spending. Quote, I actually feel the most safe flying internationally, said Shay. Shea, an avid traveler, recently returned to the San Francisco Bay Area. Quote, I empathize with the flight attendants on board. She had to enforce mask at least a dozen times, you know, kind of walking up and down the aisle, said Shea. Both Shea and Orlando expect some passengers will continue to resist COVID travel restrictions, including wearing masks, with the most extreme being fights with flight attendants. Quote, You're choosing to do something optional. You don't have to get on that plane. If you're going to get on that plane, Follow the airline's rules, and remember, give the flight attendants a little bit of grace. They are working very, very hard right now, said Orlando. Quote, anything we can do to continue to encourage travel in the most comfortable and safe way, I think is really important for everybody, said Shea. New potential travel guidelines ahead of what has traditionally been the busiest travel season of the year. Quote, we have no time to lose the end is near. The passage from place to place to spread the truth will soon be hedged with dangers on the right hand and on the left. Everything will be placed to obstruct the way of the Lord's messengers, so that they will not be able to do that which it is possible for them to do now. We must look our work fairly in the face and advance as fast as possible in aggressive warfare. From the light given me of God, I know that the powers of darkness are working with intense energy from beneath. And with stealthy tread, Satan is advancing to take those who are now asleep as a wolf taking his prey. We have warnings now which we may give, a work now which we may do, but soon it will be more difficult than we can imagine. God help us to keep in the channel of light, to work with our eyes fastened on Jesus our leader and patiently, perseveringly press on to gain the victory. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, page 22. Next, magnitude 5.9 earthquake rattles Australia, largest quake in years. A 5.9 magnitude earthquake has rattled Southeast Australia, damaging buildings in the city of Melbourne. The earthquake happened about 9.15 local time, 2315 GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, on Wednesday at Mansfield, not far from the Victorian state capital. According to BBC News, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, quote, we have had no reports of serious injuries, and that is very good news. The earthquake was also felt in neighboring South Australia and New South Wales, NSW. It was followed by two aftershocks of 4.0 and 3.1 magnitude. While this is one of Australia's largest earthquakes in recent years, it has not caused significant damage. CNN reported that Melbourne residents described their shock and surprise as houses across the city began to shake in a city that has not had an earthquake of a similar size in decades. There have been no reports of injuries so far. The trembler was so strong, it was felt as far away as Adelaide in South Australia, 800 kilometers, 500 miles away, and Sydney in New South Wales, more than 900 kilometers, 600 miles away. Quote, there is no tsunami threat, Vice's News said in a tweet. Geoscience Australia said there was an aftershock following the earthquake measuring about 4.0 in magnitude less than half an hour after the initial shock. Quote, I am bidden to declare the message that cities full of transgression and sinful in the extreme will be destroyed by earthquakes, by fire, by flood. All the world will be warned that there is a God who will display His authority as God. His unseen agencies will cause destruction, devastation, and death all the accumulated riches will be as nothingness. Country Living, page 7.
0: Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.